Hi, my name is Nathan Riley. I'm the coordinator for Heaven's Forge at Trevecca, and you're listening to Bell Tower Talks. Welcome back to Bell Tower Talks. My name is your local senior showman, Joshua Moore, your host here. We have Ethan, our producer, kind of off mic today, but he's here, I swear. And then in our second chair for our announcements today, we have... Megan, thank you for having me back. Oh, of course. And then in our third chair today, we have... Katie. Thank you. Thank you both so much for rejoining us for announcements here at Bell Tower Talks. Greatly appreciate the fresh voices here for us. Y'all doing good this week? Yeah? Studying? Good? Definitely. Just very busy as the semester picks uh, up. Yes. Let's do this. Exactly. The busyness is picking up. And so thank you for carving out time in your schedule to join us because now we're going to give some announcements to the nice listeners here at Bell Tower Talks and get them up to date for everything that's happening on campus. So on Monday, September 30th, we have an internationals meeting for working with internships and practicums. And it's a workshop at 3 p.m. in Bud Robinson 120, which is the classroom on the kind of bottom floor of Bud Robinson. On Tuesday, October 1st, the TCC lot will be closed. Womp, womp, womp. There is also the Thank You Next Sweets event in McClurkin 200 at 7 p.m., which is pretty much just an event talking about dating and breakups, but guess what? There's going to be cookies and coffee. Yum, yum. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, October 3rd, the TCC lot is also closed. Womp, we are womp, so womp. sorry, commuters, <laughs> but please still come out to chapel because we love seeing you there. And on Friday, October 4th, there is a volleyball game against Walsh University at 6 p.m. And there will be a Nothing's Original improv show. This is happening at 7 p.m. in Benson Auditorium. We have some talented improvers there and i'm not just speaking for myself because i'm in it but we have many other talented people in there as well so please come and support us on saturday october 5th by the way it'll be spooktober get ready for the spooky seasons coming up and pumpkin spice lattes and all that uh so on october 5th saturday there is a volleyball game versus malone university at 1 p.m and then also on monday the 7th there is a trivia night put on by sga at 7 30 p.m we don't really know where it's going to be or who's putting it on but there will be well besides sga of course but there will be details to come probably in chapel messages or posters around campus so keep your ears open on tuesday the 8th there will be a let's taco about sexual health in the fireside room of bud robinson at 7 p.m so get out there eat some tacos on thursday october 10th there is a women's soccer game against lake erie at 6 p.m there will also be a tso classical concert in the zelma wagner black box in jackson music building at 7 30 p.m and then on friday october 11th there is the start a fall break, and it is well-received among all the students here at Trevecca, and that will be until Tuesday the 15th, so go out to a lake or go to a vacation or go back home for the weekend, but just make sure, above all else, you get some rest because you greatly need that as a overworking college student here at Trevecca. There's also, so don't go away too fast because on Friday the 11th, we also have Band Challenge in Zelma Black Box Theater at 1 p.m., and there's also a men's soccer game 
versus Lake Erie at 7 p.m. that evening. So during fall break, but during that Saturday the 12th, there will be a women's soccer game versus Ursuline University at 2 p.m. So come on out and support the women's soccer team. They are amazing this year. And on Sunday, October 13th, is the next episode of Bell Tower Talks, so be sure to tune back in to hear about all the events for the next two weeks after that. That's correct. And so that will bring us to a close of the two weeks after this episode airs, until we air, our, of course, our next episode of Bell Tower Talks. And so get out there, get involved, and of course, at the end of the two weeks, get well-rested at fall break, because you greatly need that. So next, we're going to move into our interview with Mr. Nathan Riley, the local blacksmith at Trevecca Nazarene University. It's a good interview, so stay tuned here on Bell Tower Talks. Hi, my name is Joshua Moore. Welcome back to Bell Tower Talks. And joining with me for interviewing is... Megan Babcock. And... Returning, Aries Kitty. Yes. And we are interviewing today the coordinator of the Heaven's Forge Blacksmith Club at Trevecca Nazarene University, Mr. Nathan Riley. It's good to be here, y'all. Uh, well, it's good to have you here. Thank you for meeting with us at uh, such a short notice. <laughs> but uh, it's great to have you. And so I wanted to start off and ask... Uh, do you know any of the like history of like a blacksmith club at Trevecca? Has it ever happened before? Or is this the first time? To my knowledge, which is very minuscule, I don't believe they have had one in the past. One of the things that uh, really got me interested in doing this was the fact that they have the urban farm, and their chief tenant of the urban farm is that of self-sustainability. That's really hard to do when they have to buy tools from outside sources. So by uh, having this on campus, I'm hoping to create uh, almost a community uh, situation where we're able to provide their tools for them and provide what they need that we can work with. Interesting. So you're coming at it at like an economic perspective for the farm. Instead of buying from outside sources tools, you're thinking of actually creating and forging your own tools for the urban farm? That's one of our goals, yes. Gotcha. So whenever I think of blacksmithing i think of creating swords and spears yep. and knives and stuff like that but you're actually thinking of creating tools uh, in part um, oh, gotcha. because uh since uh shows like um forge and fire a lot of people do think of knife making and bladesmithing when they think of a blacksmith and so i'm going to help people to learn how to make those as well within trevecca's parameters which they give quite a bit of clearance Ooh, on. Sure. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, wait, clearance? Really? Uh, as far as, um, like, in uh, to my knowledge, I can help people to build a sword as long as that sword does not have an edge on it. Ah, it, gotcha. I can help people to build a knife that has an edge as long as it is smaller than the width of your hand. So in using those, uh, combining those two principles, you can make a sword on campus Take it home, put an edge on it, now you have a fully functional sword. Gotcha. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So now where exactly will this club take place? Because I don't remember seeing a forge on campus anywhere. <laughs> um, one, that, that was one of the harder things to come up with. What we've decided on is we're going to go at the pavilion behind the apartments. 
Um, it's already set up with fireplaces, and it is fire safe. So since the forge we'll be working with is effectively a overpowered grill, it'll actually be safe to work with there, and we won't have to worry about any kind of dangers with it. Nice. Now, what are the tools that are needed in order for a member to come into the the Heaven's Forge Blacksmith Club and actually get started? The chief tools that are needed are a hammer, an anvil, and a set of tongs. Uh, we're going to be building the forge here on campus, so we'll have a communal forge. The uh, tools you can get from various stores for as little as $100 for everything that you need. What I intend to do is, over time, I'm actually going to try and get some grants to be able to afford to get high-quality tools to provide with, uh, to provide for the forge in a way that they won't have to buy those anymore. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, do students need to buy anvils, or will those be um, provided? It, de- it depends on time frame of when that grant can gotcha, come in. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, there's a, like I mentioned a couple of stores. Uh, one of them is Harbor Freight. They sell a 15-pound anvil at, for 25 bucks. So you can get tools fairly cheap starting out, and then we can upgrade as we go on. Gotcha. Now, how how mobile are these tools? Because whenever I think of an anvil, I think of a giant just like in the cartoons whenever it would crush a cartoon character's head. Like right. Those things are heavy, right? So how mobile are these tools? Anvils can r- range anywhere from 15 pounds up to 500 and 1,000 pounds, depending on which one you can get and which one you can afford. I actually brought my anvil from my home, which is a 75-pound farrier's anvil, which it's heavy, but it's also transportable. Cool. Okay, uh, that also that also makes me want to ask a question of how experienced you are as a blacksmith, as a forger. Where where's your history with this blacksmithing kind of trade? I'm self-taught. I've been practicing for about two years. Um, I basically I, I wanted to learn since I was a little kid, but always had people telling me I couldn't. At the same time, my parents raised me with if I want to do something, I can do it. So I basically went online and started um, watching YouTube videos, tutorials, and learning what I could from there. I went to a couple of conventions and talked to them, and they, the blacksmith community has become very open to teaching new people. So now, if somebody is interested in joining the club, would you, like, how is that going to be structured? Are they going to come in and just, like, be able to build tools, or is it going to be, like, kind of an instructional thing where if somebody doesn't know what they're doing, you come in and kind of show them, like, the first steps? Um... The first couple of weeks, uh, we're going to go over some safety stuff. So if you start it after that, then probably uh, you'll get a synopsis of that if you start out. But uh, the majority of it is going to be based off of a freeform model where I'll talk to you about what you want to make, what design you want to have, and we'll do some online research as far as finding some schematics or some uh, basic uh, resources. We'll draw up a design and then we'll work on making it. So anything you want to make, if I don't know how to make it, we'll learn together. If I know how to make it, then I'll teach you how to do it. Going off of the name Heaven's Forge, I think that's a really unique and like inspiring name almost. Um, I was wondering how you would incorporate maybe some biblical practices or something like that, especially working with the urban farm about like being a good steward of the earth, if um, that Heaven's Forge is going to be like relate back to like Trebekah's history. One of the verses that came to my mind when I was thinking of trying to find a name for this is uh, the verse, as iron sharpens iron, which it basically comes down to, I'm trying to find the best way to put it. The the practice of sharpening something with an iron uh, tool is a very intricate one that most people, especially 
if you're not dealing with this kind of practice, don't really understand. In order to do so, the tool you're using to sharpen it has to be harder and stronger than the tool you're sharpening, which means that some, uh, the person doing the sharpening has to be at a better point than the person who they're helping. Um, and it's, we're going to incorporate things along those lines as well. The Bible is filled with references to fire and things along those lines as far as referring to the Holy Spirit. So I intend to uh, do some more uh, research and pull some of that in with it. But we are, uh, as far as being stewards of the earth, one of the big problems, like I mentioned, the urban farm, with purchasing production run is carbon emissions from companies along those lines are astronomical. And granted, Trevecca is one small community. But if we can take our community out of that position of having to use those and use a little bit less carbon emissions to produce our own stuff, that's going to at least drop that off a little bit and maybe encourage other people to do the same. Interesting. So uh, whenever you're teaching, I guess, younger generations or people who are coming into the club, these new skills, you're kind of wanting to instill those skills in those people so they take them off campus and maybe teach other people or uh, learn a little bit more about self-sustainability on their end? Correct. One of the uh, one of the chief things about blacksmithing right now is it is a growing profession in the sense that a lot of people are realizing that they can spend $20 every three months to get a new shovel when it breaks, or they can spend $150 on a handmade shovel that will last generations. And as a result, bringing down that emissions level by not having to produce as many of them. In the same light, they're also realizing a lot of younger people are really enjoying the handmade aspect of these things. So there is a beauty to it as well as a symmetry of everything being alike and everything being uh, unique. And everyone, a lot of people uh, are going towards the unique, especially the longer-lasting unique, uh, and are willing to pay a little bit more money on that front. So it is a good, lucrative job, but they're also wanting that uh, assurance that it's going to last a long time. So not only economically self-sustaining, but also for the aesthetic quality and right. how it looks and how it feels. And also, I'm sure it feels super awesome to just make your own stuff. Oh, yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Um, one of the first things I made was a knife just out of some crap material just to see if I had the chops to do so. And that was the happiest I've ever oh. felt was uh, when I got that thing done and uh, effectively it was ready to put a handle on. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is definitely something I want to do. Um, I just had a quick question about, like, women in this profession. And I was just wondering, like, stereotypically, like, it, it seems like a more male-driven profession. But would this include, like, this club, would it include, like, females and maybe eventually, like, female instructors and, like, trying to make sure that it's, like, all-inclusive? Right. So, um the reason for that stereotype was the last time blacksmithing was a decent or a popular trade, it was a male-dominant environment. Currently, I actually have seen many women in blacksmithing and farrier, uh, which is uh, dealing with the same principles, jobs in which the women do significantly better than the men. Because men typically in this profession want to go quick, want to go hard, and basically they don't pay as much attention to small details that they have to clean up later. 
whereas a woman going into it, even if she is capable of, and th- I'm not saying they're not because they are, <laughs> even if they're capable of uh, going with the same brute strength as a guy, they're going to go at it from a much more reserved, paying attention to detail stance to where they don't have to clean those up later. Uh, if you watch the show Forged and Fire, there are multiple episodes where they have women on who are doing the same thing that the guys are doing, but the girls are uh, paying attention to the details. They're uh, um, cleaning things up and making sure that they're not running into issues later on that the guys later have to clean up, and as a result, they're hurting themselves. Speaking of inclusion, how can students get access to, I guess, uh, to the club and like, do, is there a shine as like a sign up or a, like an email that you want to for students to reach out to? Um, I've been giving out my email, uh, which is njriley2 at trebeca.edu. You can get a hold of me through that, or if you just want to show up and see what we're about, we're going to meet the first and third Saturdays of every month starting next month. Like I said, we're going to be at the pavilion at 6 p.m. So if you just want to show up and just see what we're doing or if you see what we're doing and want to join in, then you're more than welcome to just come on in. And uh, we're not having any kind of um, probationary period or anything along those lines where it's it's literally just you think you want to join in, have at it. Now, do you have any closing comments for any of the listeners of Bell Tower Talks for your Heaven's Forge Blacksmith Club? Only if you think you might be interested, come on out. Uh, even if you this is the first time you've heard of something along these lines and you're not sure, and you think you might have an interest, the worst thing that can happen is you don't like it. So, I mean, it's worth a shot. True. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for coming into our little small space of interviewing here and interviewing with us and letting us barrage you with questions for the past 10 minutes or so. But we really appreciate it, and I hope you have a lot of people who show up at your club. And now we will move on to our next segment on Bell Tower Talks. Hello, welcome back to Bell Tower Talks. My name is your local senior showman, Joshua Moore, and joining with me in this new segment that we would like to do is... Katie Bridgeforth. And our lovely co-host and producer... Ethan Campbell. That he is. Welcome back. Glad to have you on the microphone later in this episode. Thank you so much. And welcome to our new segment that we like to call... Chit Chit Chat Chimes. Chimes. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to read you that because I said chimes. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but this is a new segment of Bell Tower Talks that we would like to introduce where we have where we have different talking points about campus, about student life, about, you know, just uh, what is hot topics nowadays kind of thing and kind of life advice segment. Just a whole hodgepodge of different things that we would like to include at the end of our episodes. And we decided to bring in Miss Katie Bridgeforth, or actually she just happened upon us. And oh, yeah, she walked in one day. Exactly. And now she's here to talk uh, talk to us and chime with us about well, chime in on yeah, this chiming whole- in on this conversation about fall. Because we are in the first the first, I guess, week or so of the new fall weather, which I'm sure it does not feel like because it is around 90-degree weather. And I'm sure that's a normal fall for you because you're from Orlando, Florida, right? Yeah, so I was born in Orlando, Florida, but I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee about six years ago, but I'm still 
trying to figure out what fall really is. Because Florida, there's kind of two seasons. Hot and very hot. <laughs> with about like a week's worth of 60, like mid-60s, and everyone covers their plants because they're freaking out. Yeah, really. Uh, wow. Well, so wait, it's just always hot down there. Do you never experience any winter? No snow, no nothing. I think one year it dipped down into the 40s. Wow. Everyone kind of freaked out. It was it was crazy. Mm. Well, you see here in Tennessee, we experience all four seasons in one day. Wow. <laughs> Usually that's what happens. I mean, rain and then snow sometimes and then there's just blistering heat and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I just wanted to talk to you about like, so you've lived in Tennessee for how long then? About six years. Okay. So six years. And how have you accustomed to the new fall and spring and winter weather? Um, so the very first thing my mom did once we found out we were moving to Tennessee is bias parkas. I kid you not. This was how we figured. What? She thinks you were sending you to Canada or something? (laughs) I, I mean, we were. Me and my siblings, we were Florida kids. Um, the Florida sunshine is in our blood. So <laughs> definitely get a lot colder than most people would, um, especially that first winter when it actually snowed in Chattanooga. It was very confusing. I'm like, what is this white stuff falling out of the sky? Oh, yeah. It- Mana, what is it? <laughs> Well, Chattanooga is a really beautiful time, or beautiful time. It's a beautiful place uh, during the time of fall and winter. Did you, so whenever you first experienced snow, were you like just bundled inside, just very cold kind of thing and just like stay away from the snow, it's of the devil or something like that? (laughs) Or did you actually go out in it, play with it, you know, snowball fights, forts, all that? Oh, my family, we did the whole shebang. We went out, we had the, well, we had the parkas on, thankfully. We had scarves and multiple pairs of socks and clothes inside that were dry. And we went out and we threw snowballs at each other. And then we all decided to get together and make a snowman, which was really cool. It's a fun experience to do for the first time when you're 13 kind of a maybe a little less fun than a six-year-old but you know i had to get my joy somewhere well yeah of course but moving on to well let's get back into more like fall so yes. we're, we're jumping ahead into winter we don't want to touch winter yet we want to <laughs> no please we no. want to linger with fall so okay. what are kind of the things that you do during fall that make it feel folly um so first usually I will switch my drink of choice at 1901 so I am a raspberry lemonade girl all the way until it gets cold and then I'm like give me the hot chocolate right now. Mm-hmm. Hot so, chocolate. Little shameless plug for 1901 but <laughs> <laughs> No, I appreciate that because People have seen me at 1901, and uh, I guess, you know, whatever. I like to plug in 1901 every once in a while because I love their coffee. That's great. Yes, they do a good job. So I'll I'll switch my drink of choice. Um, Another thing for me is to go sit outside and just look at the beauty that Mm -hmm. God has created with Mm -hmm. the leaves changing color and um, it actually being cool enough to sit outside longer than 10 minutes without sweating profusely which is wonderful (laughs) um yeah so for me a lot of fall is from is represented in getting to see the season change because you don't really see that in florida because palm trees stay the same year round Mm. oh gotcha yeah that i've had my due time in florida and i've noticed greatly how 
there are palm trees everywhere, <laughs> oh, <laughs> all everywhere. over the place. But uh, for fall here, I I think it's a very important time. It's actually one of my favorite seasons, if you didn't know that. It uh-huh. is one of my favorite seasons. One, uh, because of the cold weather coming upon us, yes. I love chilly weather. I love wearing long sleeves, wearing jackets, wearing hoodies, all of that. And so I feel very comfortable because I'm very hot all of the time and I sweat profusely all of the time. And so whenever it gets cold, I greatly, I greatly enjoy that. Um, and it, as you said, I really like what you said about enjoying God's creation of like the beauty of nature and how nature looks. Because whenever I look out into like trees or fields and stuff and see just the nice colors of orange and red and brown just all on the ground or in the trees. It's just, it really is a sight to behold. And especially on this campus, whenever fall kicks in at full gear, outside of the Wagner Library, there are just all of these, there are all these trees that just turn bright orange and just have leaves everywhere. And I kid you not, whenever I first got here my freshman year and just like saw that, I was just like, wow, this school is really beautiful kind of thing. And I just said that to myself. And uh, I I want to – I guess I want to just kind of nail down with this conversation just like how beautiful fall is and how worthy it is to kind of, I want to say, enjoy in the time Mm -hmm. being. And it kind of reminds me, actually, as well, kind of off topic, but on topic still, of different seasons of life that students have here at the Hill. So you have freshman year, that's kind of that springtime, kind of like, wow, we're getting into energy, we're getting right into it kind of thing. This is new, this is exciting, this is blossoming kind of thing. And then you get into summer, which is kind of like... Uh, well, I, I want to ask, is that how your freshman year kind of feels like right now? It's new, it's exciting, it's fresh? I'm a sophomore. So you are? I have kind of Wow, moved. you've experienced that I've, already. Yes, yeah, so I can definitely relate that freshman year feels like spring. It's new beginnings. It's finding new relationships. It's figuring out where things are on campus. I know my for a good couple weeks of my first semester, I had a map on my phone constantly because mm. I'm like, where am I going? Mm. Gotcha. But um, I think now, looking back, now it's my sophomore year, it starts to feel kind of like summer. It starts to yeah. feel like it's dragging on because we, we know what happens. We know what's going to happen welcome week. We know what classes look like. We know now which professors we should take and which ones we probably don't want to take again. Um, But within that, there's also this excitement of being back with the people that we've established relationships Mm -hmm. with because we haven't seen them for the literal summer. Um, So making new memories. I think a lot of um, what's associated with summer is vacations and time with family and making those memories so now, as a sophomore looking at it, um, in the metaphor of the four seasons, it does feel like summer because I'm back and making memories with people who I come to see as my family on the hill. Wow, that's great. And sorry about that freshman comment. <laughs> I'm in my winter stage, so I'm very senile, and I forget yes. things. So don't worry. He's very cold and <laughs> yep, very tired. Yep, that's me. That is, yes, so cold. He's that's considering why hibernating. I enjoy it. <laughs> 
But yeah, moving on with that metaphor of uh, great seasons of life with fall, of course, being junior year and then, uh, you know, winter or senior year kind of thing and starting over a cycle with uh, the new kind of adulthood that's coming in and that's like spring to you kind of thing. And then that season kind of just it lasts, it lingers until basically you die. And so, you know, you experience the great, the wonderful world of adulthood after you get out of college. And it is new and exciting, I think, every single day. And so, I I don't know. I just wanted to kind of make that comparison with, uh, because I know last year, whenever I was in my junior year, I just didn't enjoy kind of the metaphorical fall season. I kind of like I kind of lingered and struggled with the studies of junior year and kind of thing. But I really I really just want to kind of drive people, uh, the people especially listening, of course, to Bell Tower Talks right now. Uh, thank you. Please subscribe as well. It'll help us out a lot. But I just want to kind of remind the people who are listening that uh, that it's important to enjoy where you are and not to I would say not settle where you are and not to just get comfortable, but to also push yourself and enjoy where you are, be content, but also push yourself in order to do better. Cause this fall is great, but you know, next fall could be better kind of yeah, thing. Definitely. I think going along with that, even both um, in the metaphor of seasons and very realistically just in the fall season we're in um, taking a moment to stop and recognize the beauty that God has created around us, these new moments that he's giving us every day. So take the time to stop and admire the changing colors on the trees and take a moment to pause and see where you are in your college journey and say, thank you, Lord, for this. And I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on here. Thank you, Ethan, for spectating. Greatly appreciate it. (laughs) But that is our new segment, uh, Chit Chat Chime. Greatly appreciate the new name from Katie as well. Thank you so much for that. Oh, anytime. And so, yeah, that's our new segment. And we would love suggestions or comments on anything new topic-wise that you would like us to talk about. Or we'll just figure it out for ourselves because we're very smart people, of course. Oh, of course. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Bell Tower Talks. If you'd like us to talk about your event, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bell Tower Talks. Give us some leads on who to talk to and what to talk about, maybe even in this new segment of Chit Chat Chime. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Subscribe to be notified about new episodes. To help us out, leave us a review and share us with your friends. Please tell your friends about us and help us get the word out to the ends of Trevecca and beyond, or maybe just Trevecca. That's fine, too. This episode was produced and edited by none other than the awesome Ethan Campbell. And our guest co-hosts today were Katie Bridgeforth, Megan Babcock, and also Aries Kitty. And, of course, I'm your senior showman, Mr. Joshua Moore, and I want to thank you so much again for listening to Bell Tower Talks. And, of course, stay tuned, keep your ears open for the next Bell Bell Tower Tower Talks. Talks.